Hey everyone, Tommy Hawksbud here. Let me just shut them noise off. Uh, Today is going to be an interesting day. I have a special guest coming on. Uh, he's on the line right now. I'll bring him right in. Hello. Hello, Mr. Sergeant. Hey, Tommy. Hey, Tommy. How you doing? All right, can you hear me okay? Yes. I can hear you through my phone, not the computer, though. Well, that's, that's fine. Because I hear it, I hear it, something else okay. talking. Okay. Uh, you might All right, have to I turned it down. Right, All right, I did. So, uh, I, I guess you can be introduced first, because I got a lot of questions I could ask you, I have set up to ask you. Okay. Uh, I don't know we're going to go, how long you want to work on each question and stuff, but that'll be up to you. But mm-hmm. uh, this is my friend, Sorgel 18. We knew each other for many years. We did a lot of UFO work together. Uh, we both kind of moved to different locations and kind of stay in communication for a while. But we spent uh, a year ago doing Kerry Cassidy's show. And now Sergeant 18 starting his own show on a, on a weekly basis. He's putting them up every day. And I decided to bring him on our show to help uh, get people to hear about it and, and know what's going on in the real world. So I just want to say, over the years, we have a lot of psychics out there making prophecies, predictions of what's going to happen, what where we're going, and things like that. Well, if you listen to my show, you know who I am. You know what I do. I'm hardcore. I challenge everybody. I don't like people telling lies to the public, to the world, and then the world falls into it and believes it. But uh, Mr. Sargell made a lot of predictions. Uh, they came, Most of them came true. I was witness to a few of them directly when he made it. One was like the day before my birthday when he made it, and it happened the next day. So uh, it was interesting. We got people that doubted it and said that it didn't really happen, but it went all over the Internet, and then they took it off the Internet that night. So, yeah, when things are too real, the government has a way of making it all just disappear. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to just let him come on, and we'll start talking, and he could uh, answer some things right away. Uh, So greetings. I'm glad you got on. I was able to get on today. Uh, is there anything you want to say about yourself before we get started? Uh, like who you are, where you live, things like that. It's up to you. Well, you know, as you know, and the people that followed us on uh, Adventures into the Strange, I'm Sergeant 18, Sergeant of Light. Um, I'm here, uh, my soul came from the future, back now, because now is a very pivotal point into uh, my great-great-grandfather, let's say 6,000 years in the past, and I awoke at 28 years old, and uh, I've been doing my thing ever since and blowing people away, as you know, uh, and uh, it's been working. I mean, uh, you were there, you saw the orbs discovery, you were there that very night when I um, the next night after contact, when I came back and was showing you these circles on the uh, on our film, on the film, and I said, you looked at me and said, Brian, what are you going to call them? And I said, well, they're round. Maybe we'll call them circles. And then I said, yeah, you know what? Let's call them orbs. 
And boy, after we broke that into Millennial Expo on May 3rd, 1998 in New York City, it went through the roof and was worldwide, the orb phenomenon, within six months. Um, I'm the only person that I know that has constant alien contact with evidence to back up 99.9% .9 of anything I claim, hard evidence, and I walked away from everything in 2002 because I realized that I was too far ahead of, of the world, even though the orb phenomenon was just starting to bring people, you know, people's awareness up. And, uh, you know, I just, I walked away until you contacted me about doing the show. We did the show, and uh, I think 40-some shows, and then after, right about when I was going to uh, um, show the people what I could really do at the Vortex, beyond what they've already seen, our legs were cut out from underneath us. Then after that, Tommy, I took two years, as you know, and I started actually, I didn't watch any UFO stuff from 2002 to 2016 on TV or the internet, really, or read about it. I just walked away from it. I, I kept doing my own mission, but I didn't want to get influenced, and I didn't want to know what was going on out there because I thought it was all ridiculous. Since in the last two years, I've plunged myself back into it. I've been reading, watching television and all that. And I finally come to the summation that it's still as ridiculous as it was back in 2002. I can't believe people are believing this, this stuff. And uh, now I started my own network uh, on YouTube, Sargel 18 Stranger Universe, which I had just hit 50, uh, I just hit 50 uh, uh, videos. And uh, I'm just gonna keep producing them every day or every other day, showing people the proof of, of what I'm claiming and what's really going on out there in the world and reality, and uh, that's it. That, that's what I'm doing. Well, I, I just like to say he he made a prophecy about 9/11, which obviously everybody knows came true. Uh, right. So right. on now, national radio, and I I, I say radio. that Mr. Sargell has shot more pictures with me uh, by himself as well, but uh, at the vortex. More pictures of strange things, creatures, UFOs, phenomena that nobody else can come close to in the United States. And we, I don't say that lightly because uh, he copyrighted all his photographs as well. So it's not like he doesn't have rights, the only rights to use them, unless he gives somebody the rights to use them. So uh, we each have a, a step in life to move forward and, and he took his path which is now becoming pretty uh, important as, as I feel mine is as well when, when I, I, I've set it up so I could ask you a lot of questions I hope you don't mind uh, no Tommy blast away man a lot of people don't know who you are really I mean they might have saw one show or listened to something or maybe they never even heard of you uh, right. as you know everybody likes to put down people that they don't they don't know or they don't want to follow because they want their truth to be the only important truth, which I have become aware of in my past 10 years of being so involved with all these UFO people out there and nothing's important, really. But, you know, I, I want to start off uh, basically where we did all our work together, uh, the Wanakew Vortex. Now, just get into a little bit of what it is and what it really is to, to us and 
why other people never got on there, why there wasn't lots of people there, why it didn't become super famous. I mean, as far as for people to go. Well, you remember, Tommy, uh, you know, about, a lot of questions have been asked me. A lot of people have been saying uh, that uh, they've been getting ridiculed about Star Sergeant 18 and, and what I'm shooting is dust and bugs and stuff. Of course, that's all they ever say and that's all they ever have said. They never talk about the solid pictures of the beings, the ghosts. They never talk about the NASA letter when NASA threatened me, which I did an episode on and showed the letter completely. They never, they never say anything about that. They always go to what people will believe right away and, and just leave a bad taste in their mouth and, uh, and then not follow through on their own, um, which is ridiculous because that's just a small little bit of evidence, uh, orbs. Uh, remember, we used to laugh about orbs, Tommy. I, they always used to say they were baby steps because we never had a chance just to digest them because it went from contact to orbs to beings to the horsemen of the apocalypse, which I haven't, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which I haven't showed anyone yet on, on, on publicly, which is coming up on one of my shows, uh, to aliens, UFOs. I mean, we got more shit than all the UFO and paranormal claimers in the industry around the world. If you put them on one end of, of the scale, and you put Sargell 18, Hawk's Blood, Delacroix, and the Vortex on the other end of the scale, the Vortex is going to just tip it right every time. And what they're claiming is ridiculous. They have nothing to back them up. But we took many people, right, Tommy, to the Vortex. Right. Now, what I just wanted to and say is what I, what I wanted to get into is, like, it's government property. Tesla worked right. with DuPont there for many years. Uh, right. There was a town there which they flooded, uh, and then mm-hmm. ships were going in and out of there, and nobody talks mm-hmm. about that. I mean, somebody recently is coming out a little bit about it, but they have no facts and nothing. They only talk to a few people. But uh, we did all the investigation as well with libraries, what any documents that were written, the people that were involved with it, uh, because mm-hmm. the ships were going in the reservoir for nine months, and the army was protecting it or watching it, however you want to word it. And during, I mean, well, the army uh, is protecting it. The army does protect the water, the water building, the, the the building on the reservoir. I found that out myself. But yeah, Tommy, they, you know what the funny thing is, and I did a show on the Mandela effect because somebody mentioned it to me, so I read about it. The funny thing is, anybody outside of northern New Jersey doesn't know about the UFO flap in Wanakew in, in, the, in the 1960s, in 1966 on, which was the biggest UFO flap that I believe in the world, because people were seeing the UFOs for three years and, and being so much that they were bored with it. It wasn't that big of attraction after about a year or so. Oh, I saw another UFO in a car. It was it was abound, but people don't know anything. You mentioned Roswell, you mentioned Area 51, you mentioned the Phoenix Lights. Everybody knows about it. You mentioned Wanaku, and they look at you like, huh? What are you talking about? Never heard of this. And that's where only really the people that live in Wanaku, the older people that were there, uh, like like myself, that 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 were I was young then, but still. They remember it, they know it, but outside of it, it seemed to have been wiped clean 
from humanity's memory and awareness, and I find that very intriguing, and I believe that that has something to do with this Mandela effect and whatever frequency they put out to control the masses. I, I mean, you got to know about Wanakew. It's impossible not to. Well, you know, it's it's 100% there for you and I, but uh, people that just listen to these UFO conferences and the people that talk, they talk about ancient aliens, which means the movie, the TV show, and mm-hmm. then they go into the things that everybody heard, Roswell, Area 51, and they stick with that. Uh, they're right. afraid to go beyond that. Uh and I know people don't like me because I challenge them on that. I say, well, you, you, you got an idea. Everybody has an idea, but come up with this, with some kind of proof of what your idea is. But right. I wanted to ask right. you, now, I don't know if people understand the difference between aliens and astral beings. Uh, because, the, I mean, the vortex allowed a lot of different things in. But uh, do you want to just explain right. a little bit about that? Well, my, uh, my, it's not a hypothesis. To me, it's a fact because I have the evidence to support it. I believe, well, I'm just going to say, I believe, I'm going to make a statement. No ETs have been here as far as I'm concerned. Based upon the evidence of the vortex, ETs have not come and visited Earth yet, and they won't, that's one of my last predictions, they won't come and visit and make contact with us until 2087. And the reason being is because any race has to has to go through an armageddon event of awareness revelation once this happens then we'll know what the deal is then we'll know about the multiverse and what aliens are which come from the multiverse not from third dimension and ets and what ets will be in 2087 when they come which are beings from other planets in third dimension coming and visiting earth that hasn't happened yet, according to all my evidence and all my communication with these beings. Everything is a multiverse being, and a multiverse being is an alien. And there's a greys, and there's a dragons, and there's that. And, and what's being shoved down people's throats for all these years, or since 1947, is that, alien, that aliens and ETs are the same, and they come from billions of years away billions of miles away, light years away from other planets and come and visit us. And they do experiments and they take people and they do all kinds of stuff like that. And that really does happen, but it's not the ETs doing it, it's the interdimensional beings, the aliens doing it. They, that makes people feel safe, Tommy, where our research and evidence at the Vortex, which is massive, massive compared to what anybody else has, um, does not doesn't make you feel comfortable these beings are right here in this room right now as i'm talking to you they're right there with you right now they're right with the people that are listening to this show they just can't see them why can't they see them well they're either cloaked or their awareness in their brain is so uh focused on what has been shoved down their throat that even if they did see them they would just diss it off as nothing or well they wouldn't concentrate on it and that is that 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 is my uh, my uh, explanation of what ETs and aliens are. And at the vortex, T, you saw how people got unnerved when they actually saw something there. 
or they actually got evidence. They would go around trying to get evidence in other places around the country. They wouldn't get it. But when we brought them to the vortex, they got it. And remember how people used to react, T, how scared they used to get? We, we brought so many people there that kind of lost it, changed reality. Uh, do you remember when we brought Ann Hayes there, whatever her new name is now? I don't know what it is. She changed it twice. I do remember, yes. But uh, now, what was funny, what I think was a real funny story, whenever Sergio and I went up there, we had to walk a long distance to get into the woods. And we had to go through this one area. And it, there was, he would always say there's beings over in the corner there that watch everything that goes through here. So we brought this lady, yeah. friend, another friend, who was uh, in the UFO world. First time, she came to his house, and she said, I see your ship above us. And she was talking about Sargell's ship. And then she said, okay, we, go, we went up to the vortex, and the first thing she says when she gets out of the car, who's those strange beings over in the corner over there? Right. And she, she said it. We didn't say a word to her about that either. But right. her life completely changed. Uh, I don't even know if she's okay. I mean, she was on a boat. The boat sank. They lost everything. She married one person, then married somebody else, and had both of them living with her. Her life became really twisted, and I think she disappeared. She wrote two two giant books in, in one month. She said she was working with aliens. But I got to question her daughter, because her daughter was on the ship, supposedly, and she told me a lot. Right. But it's, you know, people that aren't grounded, I use the word protected for me. I don't know what you call what you have, but for me it's protection because they can't hurt me. And it's people right. that step into this. I, I don't know how much the government involves people that they don't know, how much they get into their brain and stuff. But here's right. the thing that's scaring me more than anything right now. I listen to everybody, and I, I try to see where they're going, where they're coming from. And these people coming out with these stories... The stories get better every day. I mean, you used to hear one story a year or so. Now it's like every every day there's a better story than the story you heard yesterday about these supposedly good aliens working with us and doing this and taking them out to these other worlds and, and all the things that they're going to do for us. It's just mind-boggling. Well, Tommy, you, remember when remember, you did ask about why we're not, why this isn't everywhere, this information, and... You were there from the very first time when I was invited down to do global science. I think it was there Daytona. Daytona uh, was the first time, and then Denver and Daytona back and forth for the next couple of years. You when Sargent 18 came out and started giving, showing all this evidence and talking, people didn't want to go to the other so-called famous people's lectures. They wanted to go to mine. And these people all of a sudden started attacking me. I thought they were going to be like, hurrah, we have, we have someone that has contact. He has the proof. He has the video. He has everything. And no, it was the opposite. People started attacking. And I realized over the years why they're attacking, because we were taking money out of their pocket. These guys are out there making up stories left and right. They know how to write books, and they look good on television. And they're being promoted by the big machine that wants people to think that ETs and aliens come from, you know, are the same and come from another world in third dimension. But they they attacked us so dramatically. These people online, when they attack, that's like lightweight shit. When when we used to get attacked by the by the big name people, they would actually come 
and attack. You remember when Seti attacked me, right? Remember when they told me, you're never going to get anywhere, we're not going to allow you in right. Denver? And I was like, you're Seti, here it is, here's the evidence. They didn't want to hear that. MUFON doesn't want to hear, doesn't want Sergio 18 out there. DARPA doesn't want Sergio 18 out there. Certain governments, probably including the U.S. government, certain factions don't want Sergio 18 out there. But I'm out there now again, and they're allowing me, and I told you, and I've told many people over the years, watch out when I come back out, because when I come back out, then, then we're screwed. Then the government's allowing me to be out because they want this message out there to as many people as I can get it to. Whether the people, to me, whether the people believe or not, even with the hardcore evidence like the NASA letter, no one, every, Tommy, how many times have people told us, men in black, governments threatened them and all that, without a shred of evidence, and they write right. books in this and all that, I have the evidence. I put it out there, the letter from NASA, which you know was sent to me, what, an hour before we got on the plane to go break right. the dinosaur pictures in Denver. And I was in shock, and I put it out there. No one has that, but when I put the NASA letter out, like I put it out about ten shows ago, I get no feedback on it. I get nothing. It's still, oh, he's crazy, he's, uh, he's shooting bugs, he's made these pictures up, and I'm like, oh, okay. So the NASA letter means nothing. And you remember when we did Adventures into the Strange, I think his name was Brian, right, in Denver, the guy right. who controlled right. it? Remember yeah. how scared he was about me putting that letter up on the show? Right. You know? And we didn't get any feedback on it. So even if I show something like that, which no one else has, and of course, Sergio Latine always has evidence to support his claims and his research, I don't hear nothing of it. So people are either being shut down by this Mandela thing, which I believe is coming out of the radio towers now. I think the, I think the, uh, to be honest with you, I think whatever they were using in old technology is done. And uh, they're just blocking it from people. Because, sh- you know what, I should have got at least one letter. Oh, my God, Sergio, look at this. No one has this. You have it. But no, no, nothing. Well, you know what's funny? Like I told you last week, uh, Preston Nichols died. Now, he was involved with the Montauk Project as well. Oh, no. He you told me he was sick. You told me no, he was he sick. No, he died. Oh, yeah. But what I wanted to say is, for three months, AOL put Al Bielik, I mean, uh, yeah, Al Bielik's story up. Every month they right. put it up. And they put up about a 14-page site on it as well. And right. they kind of worked together for a while. And then all of a sudden... Uh, he sounded. I mean, he was sick. There was a lot of things going on. But a lot of people I know, if they have an excuse to take somebody out and they're already sick, it's a lot easier for them to take a person out without worrying about it. But uh, like you said, nobody's coming after you right now. Obviously, they either like have to want you to put it out there or say, yeah, let them put it out there now. Uh, and I believe, they just believe it gets mumbled, jumbled, and all the garbage that's already out there, which has no no validity. Uh, which is scary. Oh, now it's terrible, Tommy. Now, what I since you made me go on the internet and start looking, especially on YouTube, it's laughable. It really is. And you know as well as I, I purposely kept myself from learning Photoshop or any of that shit that that people do, just in case I had to go on to a, uh, 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 a lie detector or a true serum about faking the pictures, because 
You know I don't know how to do that. But these kids nowadays, they make incredible fake videos of aliens and UFOs and demons and stuff that you swear it's real, but you know well, it's not. You know, well, you know? yeah, that's a problem. The technology we have, you can make anything look real. But the, the truth is, if it looks so real, it's a fake. I mean, when they put these crystal clear ships over a city and they show you hundreds of people there, the people aren't staring at the ship, and it's not on the front page of the newspaper. So obviously it's fake. No, you don't even have to go into any more detail than that. If a ship is over a city and it stays there, you, you know it's going to be on the news, TV, and it's going to spread around the world in a few minutes. Now, yes. uh, and when people, just so you know, people out there, if you take anything really important, put it up on YouTube right away. Because somebody we know, John Ford, he didn't put it up in time. He sent four copies of the ship that crashed and sent it around the world. Then he put them in a nut house. He's been in there since 1996. And it's sad. Uh, when, well, when you know what, Tommy? Tommy? Those people, those people, for some reason, are vulnerable. And the government considers them uh, like, uh, you know, like let, let's say you drop an apple on the ground, you get some dirt on it. They're the dirt, and they just wash off the apple. Sergeant 18, Hawk's Blood, Telequah, we're the apple. They don't want to get rid of the apple. Now, I don't know why they don't want Maybe they can't. Maybe our protection is beyond something that... Uh, can be happy because, you know, I always say, hey, you know what? I could be driving down the street to go get a newspaper and have a guy make a turn right into my lane with a truck and hit me head on and kill me. No one's going to be the wiser. They're just going to say it was well, an accident. Do you remember when I brought my friend to your house? He worked for NASA. Yes. Well, when I brought him there, we showed him a couple UFO pictures, and he goes, well, they really don't want me looking at stuff like that. But I met him at a UFO conference. I mean, I grew up. He was in my... Uh, grade school, and I, I knew him then, and he was trying to build, right. he tried to build spaceships when we were little. But he came out, he looked at everything, this is really cool, and he said to us he wants to go to a private community to get away from all this. He designed, he was designing parts for the space shuttle. But right. we were all supposed to get, a get together five days later to have a pool party to talk about his idea of creating a civilization of people. Mm -hmm. Within two days, his whole family disappeared. The kids disappeared out of school, and his and everything about him disappeared. His phone was left on for a year, which I worked for the phone company. I kept checking it. Uh, they left it on just to see who calls them, and I kept saying, let him go, let him go, let him go. But no, I right. never, never heard another word about him again. Uh, so well, when people that, disappear... That is what happened. Go ahead. Go ahead. I have about five friends directly over the past ten years that have disappeared. Uh, who were pretty important to me because we got close here and there, and then they suddenly disappear. But they always tell me. Uh, I'll say right. one of the names, A. Grimsley, who is the one that had the night vision glasses, and he filmed the ships in the sky all the time, and he was going to sell mm -hmm. me a pair half price, and he goes, you know, they're going to kill me. And a week later, he was dead. I mean, I had a bunch of people. I'm not going to go into all the names, but that's what happens when the government doesn't want them there. Uh, oh yeah, they 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 will disappear, but I think that that's I think that that's slowing down, I, Tommy. I just somebody's in the chat. Let me just pull this other person and see who it is. Hold on. Greetings, hello. Who's on here? Hi, this hello? is Diana. Hi, how are this you? This is Diana. I'm fine. I'm just listening because I didn't really have to contribute. 
All right. Well, if you got anything to say, you can just tune it, say something. All right. I'll leave you on hold. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, now, Tommy, uh, I want to talk about when I broke the orbs to the world for the first time. People don't believe I'm the discoverer. Matter of fact, just last week, uh, Telequa was talking to one of her friends in New York City. He works in a uh, retail store in New York City, and uh, his one of his salespeople ran up to him with his cell phone and goes, Look, I got an orb. I got an orb. Look, look. He was all excited. And... Uh, the guy is talking to Telequa when this is happening, and he laughs. He goes, "I just have talking to uh, the wife of of uh, the man that discovered them, Sergio Eighteen. And the guy's like, "No, he didn't. No way. Nah, nah, yeah, you're bullshitting." And, and he's like, "No, he did. He's the man that discovered them and gave them to the world." And he's like, "No, never heard that. I've been following this for years. Never heard it." Now you remember. When we, in, on May 3rd, 1998, at the Millennial Expo, when we broke the orbs to the world, there was a, uh, it was, Sean David Morton was MC in the panel. It was myself, it was uh, the Keys of Enoch uh, gentleman. Uh, I can't think of his name right Stuart now. Swerdslow. Uh, it was Swerdslow. It was the, the man that wrote, J.J. Uh, Hurtak. J.J. Hurtak. And it was uh, another woman who I don't remember. And then it was Al Bielik. And uh, I was sitting right next to J.J., and I read the Keys of Enoch as part of my, when I awoke, and read a thousand-page rice paper Bible of, uh, of, of the universe, the aliens and all that. And, I mean, I actually saw his original with all the notes. He had it in, on the table, and I was looking at it as he was looking at it. And uh, I was blown away twice there at that panel. One, Al Bielak got... Now, I've known I've been part of the Montauk Project since the early 1990s, like 91. And Al Bielek got up and, and said to the audience, Sergio Latine is part of the Montauk Project. You should listen to him. And I was, like, blown away. And then it was J.J.'s turn, J.J. Hurtak's turn to uh, speak. And everybody was there to see J.J. because I was still, uh, I wasn't as, you know, famous as, as J.J. was. And J.J. got up and looked at, the, looked at the room and all the people and said, I know you're here to see me, but if you want to know the truth, if you want the real deal, let me introduce Sargell 18. And you remember, I was blown away. I was like, huh? And then I got up, and he sat down, I got up, and I thanked him, and then I, uh, Sean David Morton was blown away. Now, Sean David Morton, we can go into, on my opinion on it, but I believe that's why people don't know that I'm the discoverer of orbs, because Morton, the narcissist that he is, didn't want, couldn't handle that the attention wasn't on him, especially with the people that owned that Millennial Expo that he worked for. But uh, I got up. And I told, I remember I forgot my evidence of the UFOs. I was supposed to show the UFOs, and like an idiot, I left the evidence at home, remember? Right. So I said, I looked around, and I, I was like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? Here I am, all these people. JJ just gave me this great introduction. And I explained who I was, what I discovered, that I had contact, and I said, now I'm going to go into the next, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take pictures right here, and Tommy, I'm going to open the doorway, and Tommy's going to take pictures around the room, like 30, 40 pictures, and we're going to show you what's in the room with you. And we did it under intense scrutiny, they saw the card in, in your camera was clean, 
We took the 40 pictures, and then we went in the other room with a big screen TV and brought the pictures up one by one on the TV. And there were the orbs, and not only orbs, we got a light beam going right through the wall. And uh, people's reaction was exactly the opposite. And this is what I think is what's going on generally in the world when it comes to the paranormal, UFOs, ETs, the multiverse. People don't, they want to see it, but when they see it, they freak out. And remember, after I showed everyone, remember that guy that was heckling me, and there was an orb right on his shoulder, and he got up and ran out of the room? He was so freaked out. People don't want to see what's really going on, because they feel safe. They don't want to know that the beings are right here and have been the whole time. Since humanity's been created... The beings have been here, the gods, the multiverse, the aliens, they've all been here. They're all still here. Now that, the reaction, remember I would walk up to a crowd afterwards and nobody would talk to me. They'd run away from me. And I was like, what the hell's going on? They wanted to see and I showed them. And now I'm like radioactive material. Nobody wants to be around me. I really freaked me out about humanity. And that gets back to the E.T. alien thing. People want to feel safe, and you have to use common sense with this people. And I used it in finding the vortex. Remember, T, I said, where are the aliens when we don't see them? Remember, at the time, I thought they were aliens, too. I thought ETs and aliens were the same before Mm -hmm. the evidence and the communications, and I realized that they weren't. I said, where are they when they're not seen? I said, do they, are they on a job? Do they clock in at 8 o'clock in the morning on, on Zeta Reticuli and then travel 10 billion light years to Earth, do their thing, and at 5 o'clock check out and go home? I go, no, that's unrealistic. That's ridiculous. They're here. And where are they? Where people aren't. They're in watershed properties, state parks, deep, huge state parks, deep forests, where people aren't. That's where the aliens are, and that's where I decided to start looking, and we started looking for the vortex and looking the, well, we didn't know the vortex. We started looking for the aliens at that point. We hadn't found the vortex yet or realized what, what we were doing, what we were going after. But that's when I said, Tommy, they're in the woods. We got to go in the woods to find them. And that, is, I think, freaks people out the most. They stay. They are here to be. Whatever you think they are, even if you don't believe in the multiverse and that aliens are aliens and ETs, you don't want to think the ETs are here constantly. You want to think they go back home in their giant ships. No, 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 no. That is not the case. That is, There is no common sense in that statement. Go ahead, T. Well, you know, uh, for people that are listening... Uh, person that I'm interviewing, Mr. Stargell 18, is a lot different than everybody else, the same as I'm a lot. I can't deal with lies. I can't deal with storytellers. I mean, I could have been multi-rich multi by now if I wanted to be, if I just could put a few lies into what I say. But the only way you get more people to listen is by sticking fairy tales and, and la-la land into the picture. Nobody wants to know the truth because the truth doesn't usually mean happiness. Everybody's being programmed to believe that happiness is the most important thing on planet Earth uh, and how many people are really happy all the time as well. But uh, when it comes to the UFO world, 
there's so much going on with programming. I was going to ask you what you feel because I feel, yes, a person gets programmed by aliens and they get programmed by the government and then they get programmed by other people. And hearing something over and over programs you to something. When you see ancient aliens and you listen to them say over and over, well, there was a black hole and then the aliens came in and created the city. I mean, you can listen to the stories, but you hear them too many times, it sinks into the subconscious. And these people right. don't want to go outside of that, oh, it's going to be okay. I mean, Jesus had a hard time. It's when you deal with people that already have a program, it's hard to make them see anything different. When we went to the conferences and, they, and you started showing them pictures and stuff, these people freaked out. Yeah. I mean, we had people pulling, we had people clone to us, coming to us. Remember the guy from Femur that wanted to be with us yeah. and everything? Then we had, I mean, this alien couple was there and they were trying to try to talk to us and try to get everything out as well, supposedly. But that was years ago. Now people yeah. are saying all the good aliens are going to help us. And, and people are, are like not afraid. They all want to see a UFO. They all want to go on a ship. And, you know, I try to get people to be realistic. If you went on a ship, what do you want to happen? Where do you think they're going to take you? And then the number one thing, I said, what do you think they're going to feed you? What kind of meals do you think aliens have on a daily basis? What do you think their main food is? What do you think they want to come to planet Earth for? Now, I know Sajel and I might not agree totally on that because I have my truth that I, I've been dealing with and working with and watching people and everything else. I've followed every tribe from the beginning of time to now. Uh, and we just became more violent over the years. We haven't been more spiritual. And I don't think many people on this planet have a clue what spiritual means. So when when Stargell and I got together and we started going up to the vortex, it was incredible. It was like the greatest thrill. I mean, not doing drugs, not doing all these weird things, just walking onto a piece of land that had its own weird, crazy vibration. Uh, whether it was built by the government, the aliens, the aliens and government and Tesla are all together, however it was created. Einstein, Crowley, they were all there. They were all working for DuPont, for the, for, for the Philadelphia experiment and the Montauk experiments. They were all in Wanaku. Well, because the town where Sajel lived was a town of witches, yes. which he could go into a little bit. Uh, and Nazis. <laughs> Nazis, nice thing to... But, you know, when no, we they went were, they were, they were... Tommy, the whole of Wanaku was controlled... Was They brought so many Nazi scientists that worked for Hitler into and hid them in Wanaku in Lower Ringwood around the reservoir. I, I... Not only did I confront a lot of them when I awoke, because they were after me like crazy. I didn't realize that I was 57% Anakinazi Jew. I didn't realize that until three years ago when I had 23andMe done, and I suggest that for anybody to be done uh, for 100 bucks. It's well worth it what you're going to find out. If you're going to get blown away like I did, I mean, I was blindsided by that. I thought I was half Italian and half Scottish and Irish. I don't have a bit of Italian in me. I'm 57% Jew. I never even realized that. But wow. these I know, I know, right? Blow your way, right? But, but, Wanaku, I, I mean, th these people, when they're, when they're shown the truth of programming that I believe has been biologically set into humanity a thousand years ago and has developed 
by Lucifer. Because remember, Lucifer's Lucifer's here doing his thing, and the aliens are just as afraid as him as people are. You know, you don't mess with an archangel, especially the first one. Um, right. You know that that they're doing that. It, it just it just breaks them down and makes them and makes you bare at that point. You have no defenses. And I know what I'm bringing out is completely anti of everything else that people have been shoved down their throats. I'm not saying that people don't get abducted by multiverse aliens. I'm not saying that. We've seen the ships. I photographed them. They had ships, and we've seen them. But they don't realize that, let's say, the lights over Phoenix, or when big UFOs are seen by, by a multitude of people like at Phoenix, in 1947 in Roswell, if that ship did fall, because there's really no evidence that it did, to me it's just a story, but it's a story that the government wanted out there and it's solid and rocking people's reality. Do common sense again. It's now 70 some years later. You know what a car looked like in 1947 and you know what a car looks like in 2018. What, you think humanity is smarter than the aliens? You think they're still driving around in clunky, lighted ships so everybody can see them? They haven't learned anything and they don't have technology to develop? Of course they did. One thing that me and you have seen many times at the Vortex is that when the ships come into the base there in Wanaku, they don't appear till about, what, a thousand yards before they hit the ground? Remember that? Right. Right. They're not, you can't see them coming in. For some reason, they have to drop their cloaking or slow up before they go into the base underground. And that's when you see them. And that, I never have a picture of it because it happened so fast, I could never get my camera out in time to take it, to take that picture. But that is what they're, that's what they're using. Everything else is a setup. Everything else. People think the moon landing is fake. Maybe it is. If the moon landing is fake, you don't think that the rest of this shit that the government's putting out is fake? To make you believe one way? And on top of that, before I hand it back to you, why would the government not want people to know that there's a multiverse with many worlds, with many different beings slash aliens there? Why? Why, wouldn't, why is that kept hidden from humanity? I can't believe it. I don't understand it unless certain factions here on Earth are in league with the negative beings, the, the dragons and the aliens and Lucif- Lucifer's beings, like the demons and all, unless we're in league with them for te- exchange for technology for whatever these beings want. That's my take on it, man. Well, for me, I, I try to go into detail what I experience, what I understand about that. For me, my third ship that I saw, I was about 12 years old. I mean, I saw my first one at 6, next one at about 11, and the next one at 12. I was up in North Bergen, New Jersey. Hudson County Park it was early in the morning. A ship landed right smack in the middle of the park early in the morning. I just got there to go fishing. It stayed there for a few seconds, and it shot back out and took off. But when it took off from the ground... The vibration from the ship shattered all the apartment windows. Not all of them, but a lot of the windows in the apartment buildings that were around the park. And it was in the right. news the next day. 
shiplands and parks. But yeah. then it just disappeared. Not a word, not, yeah. not, not a care. Nobody even mentioned it ever again. It was like, so what? Uh, when when serious things happened, like when the ships were around White House for two weeks, it was on my birthday, uh, right. and it was like, they never did anything about that. They said, oh, yeah, there were ships around the White House. Uh, but we weren't able to do anything about it, which we're not. And I know somebody asked you, I don't know if they asked you the question directly or not, but they were asking, like, why don't they want to destroy us? There's multiple reasons. I mean, oh, they yeah. can if they wanted to. But seriously, I truly believe we do have technology, thanks to Tesla and and the Greys that were playing with us, and we swapped right. out. We allowed the Greys to take oh, yeah. people and eat them while they gave mm-hmm. us technology. But we learned from the technology and mixed it with Tesla's technology, which was actually the Philadelphia Experiment. And that opened the doorway yep. for the government to go anywhere they want. And that was a bad yep. thing for mankind to see the race. Right. Yeah. When the Philadelphia Experiment was going on, it was not only poised on the Eldridge when their generators went up, but they had Crowley in Ireland at one of those stones, those very special stones, which is probably in Ireland where the stone sits, is another real vortex of the 12, that I believe the 12 vortexes, real vortexes around the world that can go to the multiverse. And they were directing that energy there, and Crowley was directing it back. People have no idea. I talk to people, Tommy, about that witches run the world. This third-dimensional messed-up world is run by witches, and I was lucky enough to gain in world banking and world pharmaceuticals when I worked for them before I had met you, for years when I worked for them, actually meet some of these presidents of, of banks and, and uh, large pharmaceutical companies, and everyone had a witch with them, but every witch was black, was, would be considered a dark witch, an evil witch, not good. And I was standing in a room one time with about 10 of them, with the people that I represented, and they were giving me the eye of death, these witches. And I just looked at them and said, evil, 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 evil. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about me? And they just looked at me. They were in shock, like, you're not afraid of us? And I'm like, no, I'm not afraid of you. So what are you going to do about it? And they never did nothing about it. But is it the truth? I don't have any evidence of that. I have eyewitnesses. But yes, that is what's happening. And people do not realize that we are in league with some very dangerous people here on this planet that are capable of tremendous abilities. And we're also in league with aliens from the multiverse who apparently, I would say, are evil. Well, you know, I, I'm just going to just, for me personally, because I was a witch when I was young, all right, I learned about the psychic powers, I learned 31 of them, there's 32, the one I wanted to learn, I didn't, but uh, I, I gave it up, and I became empathic, and all those things started happening in my life that I wasn't prepared for or wanted, but what I was going right. to say, in all my talks, when I lecture, when I, when I talk about anything, I always have to bring Moses in. Because he was the most powerful black magician to live on this planet at that time. And then the one after that, the next one of the most powerful people after that was Nostradamus. And even he was not allowed to do what he could have done. Uh, He had to destroy his books and he couldn't 
go anywhere without being sought after being killed and everything. Luckily, he had a queen loving him. But uh, right. we were always controlled by power. And that that's why I feel God does allow Lucifer to stay there for a reason. And until people understand what that reason is, they will stay here under the power of Lucifer. And Lucifer doesn't mind playing games, which mankind seems to like to play games rather than learn the truth to not play games. I mean, to live well, that's life Lucifer's play games. advantage. That, that's, where, that's why Lucifer has the advantage. As powerful as he is, I mean, as, as I look at it, Lucifer has the power of pretty much God here on earth. He's multi he's he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's he, he has technology, he has magic, he has it all in his claws. And but also as I showed the world, since I believe I have the only picture of Lucifer as he came through on Friday the third November, Friday the thirteenth, nineteen ninety eight, and I did that show when I announced the war in two thousand thirty four, uh, Lucifer's war. Uh, he has a big axe in his back, and that axe in his back is damning him by God to be here. But to follow him like that, the way people do, especially Satanists and all, I don't think that that's really a good avenue to go down for people. Well, you know, there's black magic and white magic. All these psychics are trying to use white magic, and all the people that work for the mob and people that put spells and try to kill people and all those things work, obviously, for the black magic. But killing things is definitely black, where Moses was one of the biggest killers of the human race that I know of. Uh, and Jesus talked about that. So when people say, well, uh, I, I think you can believe what you want, follow what you want. Just read the Bible. If you believe in the Bible, read it. And you'll see the lies, you'll see the truth, you'll see things that you might not want to know. But uh, the Bible is written by man again, not, not God, not super beings or anything uh, then when you go into the Emerald Tablets and the Sumerian Tablets, people follow mm. that to the two... I mean, I blame Zachariah Sitchin, and I feel he'll face Lucifer. Uh, he'll be dealing with him more so than God, that's for sure. Because what he brought wow. to mankind's thinking, programming men and women, oh, the Anunnaki will come save us. Oh, I'm an Anunnaki. I mean, they want to believe this horrible story that they were created by the Anunnaki, which is only the beginning of them programming us to kill which was right after Atlantis went down. So in that time frame, uh, we never got better. And I just wrote a big article, because so now they're talking about what's happening to the children around the world right now. I said, it's because of that. The allowing, the killing to come into your consciousness, the abuse to women, women want rights. Well, you know, I said, you're going to try to get rights, but you're going to have to do a lot more fighting because it's 20,000 years later and women are no better off than they were that many years ago, except they don't get put into sacrifices, but out mainstream. They still do it undercover. So we well, didn't move forward. All right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. But, uh, but yeah, like, what Sajel and I are doing is putting the truth out there. I mean, we see it a little different, but it's a lot more truth than you're going to get from anybody else. I don't know a person on this planet outside of Sajel and I that will talk about God directly, or the angels, or anything beyond or below that. Well, you saw what happened when I used to bring in how many witches came from how many witch organizations around the country came to the vortex. And when I would enter, I, even though they know and you know that I studied esoteric magic as far back as the 14th century from my uh, teachers and all that, third dimensional human teachers here in Wanaku, which were all German, uh, old Germans, and 
I, every time I would enter the vortex, I would call upon Jesus for protection and bless myself, and that pissed a lot of them off. They're like, why are you going to Jesus? Why would you, a witch or an alchemist, call upon Jesus? And I would just look at them and say, why would I want to go to a manager? Why do I want to go to a dock worker? I want to go to the president of the company. Jesus is the man. Jesus is God's son. I want him to protect me against what I'm about to walk into. I don't want any any being that's only halfway up the scale. And they would look at me like, you're nuts. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Jesus is the man. And Jesus is coming back. One thing Devron just told me um, as you were talking, and you mentioned Atlantis, and for the first time in 25 years, Devron has mentioned something about Atlantis, and he wanted me to make a prediction. And he says that Atlantis will rise again by 2060. There'll be all water on, like, Tuesday, and on Wednesday there will be a continent, and Atlantis will, with its people and buildings and crystals, will rise up out of the ocean and be there. We'll come back from the multiverse. Atlantis did not sink. Atlantis shot itself into the multiverse, into another Earth, but it, now I believe they have the technology, according to what Devron just told me, that they will be back. So I will make a brand new prediction. By 2060, Atlantis will rise. Well, I, I was doing a TV show many years ago, and there was two people on there that were actually on a, on a, a, a ferry boat or whatever it was called that went up the Hudson River. I think there was like 34 people on this boat. And they all said they saw Atlantis rise. They do not know where Atlantis really is, and they might not ever know until it comes back out. Uh, but when I was yeah. there, it was the only place that I considered a spiritual point in, in our history. Uh, and obviously, if it's in 2060, the world will be destroyed greatly many times over. The people that will come and go will be gone. They will be more spiritual people here then, hopefully. Uh, even Jesus said there'll be many greater than he, and there has not been one person greater than he here yet. So in, in, no. that, in 2,000 years, you would expect somebody to come out of the woodwork. And what do we got? The Pope, the Dalai Lama, uh, Deepak Chopra, Ekitoli, as our most spiritual people on the planet? Well, you remember when I met the Dalai Lama, when we broke the orbs, I looked at him, and he was wearing a watch, and I was like, oh, that's gone. Because anybody that has all their past, I have an uncanny ability to, to know what time it is, wherever I am, wherever, even in a locked room, we can't see outside if it's day or night. And because I have a lot of past lives and future lives opened at one time, and the Dalai Lama is supposed to have all of his lives open, why is he wearing a Rolex? Well, That's, you know, I can, cannot understand that. I don't know that I heard one person... In the, in the UFO movement, in the new spiritual movement, new age movement, uh, say anything important. They, not one person I know outside of you and I uh, have any understanding of who Jesus really was, what he did, uh, why he came here. So that whole, well, whole situation with, well, with people telling their stories... You know what happened to me on, uh, I mean, we, you were another part of the country. I was here alone. The first, uh, I'll tell the story, the, in, in, on Good Friday. Now, remember, I shoot a picture of Lucifer. Here's, here's, how, here's how the dark side works, I figure. I mean, I'm unbelievable as it is. I blow people away 
everywhere I go with the evidence. I've taken how many people to the vortex and shown them with their own eyes the beings. So, I mean, I've done all that. But on, on Friday the 13th, November, Friday the 13th, 1998, I come face-to-face with Lucifer and take his picture. Now, Sandra, or Telequa and myself have been together 21 years. And we're basically, since I work from home, we're never apart. But ever. I mean, like, we have like 25 marriages worth of hours together in a normal person's marriage because they go to work, they go out. You know, they're not one-on-one all the time. But Telequa and I have been. Except in, uh, in Easter time in 2004... I was here in Pennsylvania, and her daughter was getting her confirmation in New York City. So she left for four days for the first time that we were apart. And I was here in the house, and I was getting, I took a shower, and I was getting ready to do my work. And that room that people see that I broadcast my show from is the room. And I go upstairs for a second before I get something, before I was coming down here to work, and I make a right into the room, and I'm pressed against the wall with the smell of lavender and roses. And it was so intense, I swear to God, I was literally pressed against the wall by the feeling. And the feeling of love and power and truth was emanating through me. So I looked to the left, and there's Jesus Christ. And he's standing right there. And I'm like... I mean, I think I might have said WTF. I don't know. I was in shock. My mouth was wide open. And then he moves to the right, and somehow I walked over and sat down in my rocking chair in that room, and he stood in front of me, and I, my mouth was wide open. I was glued to the chair. I, I learned later, because I talked to Telequa and I talked to other people, that I was in a state of ecstasy. I didn't know about this state. I didn't know about this. I never met anybody that met Jesus before one-on-one like that in third dimension. So they told me that you were in ecstasy. And Jesus looks at me. And, you know, if I was going to make this story up, there would be booming clouds and thunder and, you know, angels. No. Jesus is standing there and he looks at me and he goes, humans litter in heaven just like they do here on earth. And it's becoming a real problem. And I don't know what I said, Tommy. I was just like, uh huh, like, what? You know, and I got the message. And I think the reason Jesus said that to me is because of all my experience with the multiverse and angels and Michael and all that I'd done. It wasn't like he was talking to a normal person, he was talking to a person whose awareness was quite elevated over humanity. And then he said, he, and then he said, before I came here, when people would die, they would be in a state of chaos. Person, they would be acting crazy because finally they would come out of the chaos, the ghost, and focus on third dimension, and they would be all like, Wah! you know, like crazy and shit, scaring people. He goes, I came here to give people focus to give people a destination when they leave here. I came here to give them the pathway to my father's house. And, I mean, I think I might have said something to him. I might have been talking in my mind. I might have been asking questions in my mind. I was in shock. And then he moved to the right and left. 
and the smell of lavender and roses stayed, I was glued to the chair, and then finally it dissipated enough for me to come out of it and say, holy shit, what just happened? And the thing that I like the best about I mean, you think making contact, uh, making contact and, uh, and uh, all the other stuff that we did in, in, uh, at the Vortex and around the country that we did was great. The greatest thing that ever happened to me in my third, this third dimensional life was that meeting. And what's that meeting on? Good Friday. So I meet Lucifer on Friday the 13th, and I meet Jesus face-to-face right here in my own house in Monoy City, Pennsylvania, on, on Good Friday of all days. How much more unbelievable can I, come, can I become? But I'll tell you this, T, before you take over again. I'll tell you this. If I could have died, if I could have died, right then, I wanted to die. I wanted to be with him. I didn't care about my children. I didn't care about Delacroix. I didn't care about my dogs, nothing. I wanted to be with this being for the rest of my life, for eternity. I wanted to be in that vibration with him. And if people could only experience, for the few minutes that I experienced, an actual meeting with Jesus, every person on the planet, this planet would change in an instant to a good place, our warring would stop, all this bullshit that we do around the world, this evil stuff as humans would stop, unless you were, you know, into Lucifer, I guess, you know, but it, the goodness would just over overwake everything else, and it would just be good. So, people want to curse me who are into witchcraft and all that, about loving Jesus and asking Jesus for his protection when I, as I always have, you know what I say, screw you. I met him, believe me, if you had to spend eternity, I don't think you want to be burning in hell, I think you want to be hanging out with JC in that vibration, because that was the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. There you go. Well, great story. Uh, I was going to Oh, and no evidence, Steve. Oh, and Tommy, no evidence. Well, and I'm okay with that. No. I'm okay with that. Direct experience, personal experiences, you don't usually have to get some kind of evidence outside of the experience itself. But uh, about two weeks ago, because I started really talking about God for a couple of shows, I was going to tell a story that I went through, which I'm not going to because it was just so incredible. Uh, I think everybody on the planet would wish they could have it or would dream about it if they could. But uh, when I took the most important step in my life, uh, I, I, I described the scenario of how it happened. I was camping. I was in Florida. I thought I was going to win a, a, a big case against the phone company, which was like they were saying I got hurt on a UFO, really. And I was going to court for two years. Right, and I remember my, that. My, my lawyer said to me, oh, don't worry, we're going to win. And then I took a three-week vacation. And I went down to Florida. I was swimming with manatees the whole time. But I was in Florida when the coldest day ever hit that hit Florida. I was in a tent. Right. It was a nudist camp, basically. I mean, I had clothes and everything, but you, you could go nude if you wanted and everything else. But it was the cheapest campground I could find. So I'm sitting in my tent, and I lit about 20 candles inside the tent, which was extremely dangerous. But the second I put my, my feet together and I like sat there, all of a sudden I was taking 
to this incredible experience of what was happening, what I was going to be shown, uh, which goes beyond any wildest dream I could ever put together in a billion years. But uh, after that, my life has completely changed. Because when people get closer to the truth, lies can't fit in the, into the puzzle anymore. I mean, it's like having wrong parts of the puzzle and say, I'm going to jam them in here. They don't fit. Only the truth fits together now. And over the past week, since I started doing that, I, I, I said I, I saw a couple eagle. I mean, hawks, and then I saw an owl, and then I found a dead hawk, uh, and I buried him, and all these things, and I just built my medicine wheel. And suddenly I was shown a lot more how it all fits together about God. Uh, I had multiple experiences with Jesus since I was a little boy uh, for reasons. Uh, but what he's doing now, where he dwells, and, and things are incredible, but it, it has nothing to do with most people realize. And, and people have to understand what spiritual means. And I, and I say there's maybe a handful of spiritual people on this whole planet, if that. But uh, Jesus was teaching people that were farmers, fishermen, uh, just, just people that didn't understand much, especially what he was teaching. And they were all almost all of them, were responsible for helping kill Jesus, which is even more incredible. And I was there, and I watched that go down. And I came back in this lifetime for that reason, but I, I actually spent my whole life to understand why, and I, I actually did over the past five years. But, uh, well, you've done fantastic, Tommy. You, made, you were one of the few people that were able to make the switch. I mean, bear in mind what you've experienced with me at the Vortex alone sets you far apart from everyone else in the world of the paranormal. And you were able to take that and compartmentalize it and then follow your spiritual path towards Jesus and what you believe is good, which whether you believe 100% what you believe is good is right doesn't matter because what it matters is that everyone's belief is a little bit different. None of them are 100%. But when you believe in Jesus and you're able to walk away from witchcraft, or not walk away, but put it in perspective, witchcraft, the paranormal, all that's happened to us with the vortex, and since, what you find out there, and you're still able to honestly say to people, follow Jesus. There is your, there is your pathway. There is your pathway to peace. There is your pathway to eternal life and awareness. And once you make that step, you're going to find out all the truths anyway. To be able to hold steady on that and not break and not bend to what the world wants so you can make money at it and all that, you have my applause. Oh, thank you. Uh, for me, I mean, since I wrote, wrote my last book, I said, my life, this is my life now. When I wrote The True Teachings of Jesus from God Realization, it was like, that is the end. I don't have to go any further than that. That's where I will stay. Because uh, I'll stop. And, and between that, I, I was lucky enough to have all the other experiences of these inner worlds, other dimensions, aliens, deities, demons, uh, and work with each one of those things at high levels. Like, very few people can work with a deity. I mean, most people don't even know what a deity really is, other than a statue and, and a picture on a piece of paper or a cloth. Uh, they're real. And they don't desire you to pray to them all day long, which most people do. Uh, and when the Ten Commandments says, thou shalt not have a false image, uh, 
uh, of anything above, meaning heaven and God, uh, here because you can't be. You can't create an image of it. I mean, that's the main reason why you can't. But uh, well, that's where people mess up, Tommy. They keep crossing religion with the paranormal or esoteric or these beings. Uh, you don't have to go that route, and you know that I tried to keep that away from the vortex. As best, remember, I even told you, I am not bringing religion into this. I am not looking for a religious angle. I am looking for the aliens that picked me up in the 1960s and made me who I am and told me who I was going to be, and I wound up becoming it. But people mess this up. They kind of, like these gods, that, that they considered gods, and how many pictures do I have of gods, of ancient gods, from the vortex that have come and visited us there? They're just conscious beings from the multiverse and people, especially 1,000, 2,000 years ago, were so blown away by these beings, they made them into gods, and then that filters into Jesus and God, and God himself, and it gets all jumbled up. Right? Am I right, right here? Yeah. You know, uh, and that's the wrong way to think. Well, you know, we, we each have a truth. And, and what I'm trying to bring out, which people don't want to hear, is a truth that was programmed within you, given to you by your readings, the people around you, is somebody else's truth. The only truth that can be real is when you experience it for yourself, and which I did many times over and over. And I, I just said, why me? Why me? And I always say that, why me? Uh, and having medicine people come up to me and all those kind of things tell me who I am and stuff. It doesn't matter because the truth is out there. If anybody wants it, they can get to it or find it. But they have to be willing to go through the fire. And I say the dark night of soul, the dragon within, all those words that different religions use about that. But until you can face the dark side where Lucifer hangs out inside yourself, you're not going to get past it. It'll play no. games with you forever. It'll keep you there and, and make you think you're happy. And when people well, you say, say one oh, thing, you... you, you Right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, finish. Go ahead. Well, you say the truth. There is only the truth. The truth is as solid as stone. What people, as happened, is other truths, as you say, or other versions, or to take you away from the truth, and even if it's slight, even if it's a slight variation that eventually grows through mass consciousness for a thousand years. When someone comes up to the truth, there is no variation. The truth is a word that ends right there. There is no word truthy or, or truth, or well, there's truthful, but, you know, there is no more. It's a word that ends, the truth, period. That's what it is, and that's what we've been pushing since the mid-1990s and after, and people don't get it. They don't get it. And, you know, the biggest thing is, well, go back to our conversation. And before people start calling in, I want to talk about 2034, please. But uh, remember, you talk about liars and you talk about these people that are just saying whatever that they can say and making up evidence that isn't real, like that dude with the ranch out in Arizona, um, who's a real uh, shithead as far as I'm concerned, that gets a lot of attention. Liars change their story. Now, all right, I'm almost 59 years old. When I no, no, people can go over my um, experiences on the internet and television and shows. 
for the last 25 years. You don't hear my story or your story about it ever change. It's just said right. exactly the same way. All right, there may be an adjective or a verb, more or less, because we're getting old and we forget. You know, as we get older, we kind of forget stupid little things. But the base of the story and the experience is always the same. Now, if these people actually had enough due diligence to go out there and start reading, let's say, Zachariah Sitchin or this, uh, this other planet, this Planet X chick, she comes out in 95 and writes this book about Planet X and says it's going to come in two years and destroy us. Two years come and go, doesn't happen. Then she changes it to like 2000 or 2002 is going to hit us. 2000, 2002 comes, it doesn't happen. Now it's probably another date. These are bullshitters. How people cannot see this is beyond my comprehension. Well, we have too many people. Yeah, I'm here. We have too many people. It's it's beyond my comprehension. Well, it's... Truth is, is, is a really important word if you are willing to accept it. It's an imaginary word if you don't want it. Because then anything else in your picture that you create is truthful to you. And that's the problem. Everybody says they have the truth or a piece of the truth. Well... If we all have pieces, we can put it together and make a puzzle and finish the picture. But if you take all these people's truths and put it together, you still have nothing. You know nothing about God. You don't know nothing about really who Jesus was. You know nothing about death, reincarnation. The Egyptians were following an alien. They have no clue what was going to happen when they died. They were given half a program. Oh, you can reincarnate. What did it mean to them? They, they immortalize the body thinking they're going to come back and use it again. They well, Lucifer's shown. never going to give you the full, the, full, the full picture. You know that. Lucifer's going to make sure Who's that whatever goes out there, you're only getting like 75% of the, well, here's uh, the, problem. Of the information. I, 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 this is the way I describe it. I, you might not agree with it at all, but Lucifer gives people what they want, not what they need. He gives them what they want. God gives you what you need, not what you want. Big difference. When you get what you want, means money, fame, and fortune, you stay in the world of delusion, or illusion, however you want to describe it. If you're given the truth, you don't want to stay in that world no more. There's no reason to stay on this planet. But since you're attached, and the things that we're programmed with, and I, I, I get depressed when I think about football, baseball, hockey, all these sports that take so much money from people. When they have three kids, i got to take three, my three children to the game. And all those kind of things. Well, it used to be. They used to drink beer while you had to eat hot dogs. I mean, I yeah. mean, they program society to think sports is so important. Every country believes it's important. That their person well, it, and their country is a champion. It, it, what, what sports, and I believe, in television and all that, which, remember, Lucifer has full control of the media, uh, it's, just, it, it's kind of like to blow it off. But you know what? If you had the truth from the very beginning, if you had the truth that Jesus uh, preaches from the very beginning about reality, about God, about heaven and all that, which is another place in the multiverse, probably much higher in the multiverse that I could ever understand, you don't need all this distraction. But since the world is full of shit and terrible and evil, 90% of it, you need this type of distraction. 
You know, I don't think God meant it that way. I, and I don't understand why God sent Lucifer down here and banished him to have dominion over everything here on Earth, well, unless he wanted to make people really work hard to get to where he is. Well, that's the, that's is, the, well, that's the most realist thing that you could say about it, because basically, this is kindergarten for soul. If soul can't get out of kindergarten, it's not going to go to college. You can't take mm. something that didn't develop. And even when Jesus, I mean, I, I listened to what Jesus said about Lucifer, but when Jesus was with Lucifer for a long period of time, they right. understood each other. Neither one of them could take each other out uh, because they're both there for reasons. Jesus chose his, the same as Lucifer decided to be this. He could have been just like every other angel hanging out, but he had the power. He was an archangel just like Michael was. But both of them were into killing. And in the higher realms, you can't bring that into the higher realms or it would have destroyed the realm, and that's why they were all kicked out. But on this planet, and we accept those beings as saints, like St. Michael. How's St. Michael? He's an archangel. Why is he a saint? I mean, that's like bringing him down to the complete. See, see, you're right, Tommy. There's the variation. There's the thing that takes you off. Not to knock saints. Okay, I'm not saying saints are evil or no good. But right. Michael and Lucifer are archangels, beings first created by God himself. These beings have powers that we couldn't even imagine. And believe me, we can't even imagine God. But, but an archangel? You do not mess with an archangel. That being has power beyond our comprehension. Uh, now, T, um, I see we got 45 minutes left, and you said something about uh, 43 minutes left. People can call in in the last half hour? Right. Anybody can call in if they want. That's for sure. Right. Uh, all right. I'd just like to get to Devron and his prediction because this is really important. Um, oh, go ahead. Well, all right. Well, let's um, go as you know, right All right. As you know, Devron, uh, I may make some, some predictions that are oh, in the top 90% that come correct. But Devron has never made a wrong prediction, ever. Matter of fact, uh, I call them career-ending predictions that he makes, that he makes me tell people. If they don't come true, my career is gone. Nobody would ever pay attention to me. And for the first time a couple of weeks ago, it was a Thursday night, and I was going to prepare to do a show on Sunday, one of my shows on Sunday, and it was Thursday night, and all I hear in my head is, remember the War of 34. Remember the War of 34, and I'm like, over and over and over again, and I'm like, what is this? Well, what is this War of 34? And Devron said to me, in 2034, the big war will happen, Lucifer's War. You would call it Armageddon, and a lot of people are going to die. It's going to be worldwide, and it's going to be bad, and it will end in about three years. And then for 50 years, people will align and realize where they stand in the universe and reality. And it, this will herald in the ET contact in 2087 of where we're brought into the galactic community, let's say, like on Star Trek, the Federation of Planets. But we need to go through this. And he has never missed. And I, I did a show on it. And I'm reminding people constantly, as many as I can, that this will happen. He has never missed one of these. This is big. Now, one thing that somebody brought out to me about this, which I didn't even think of, nor did Devron say to me, because he likes to play with me sometimes and let me realize things, is that this war will end in 2037. What Devron has given, 
is the date that Jesus will come back, the year. Jesus, the only being in our reality that can beat Lucifer is Jesus. He can put him down and stop the war, which means if Lucifer's war ends in 2037, then that, I am standing on that, that that is the year that Jesus comes back and everyone will know the real deal and everyone will know the truth. So 2034, Lucifer will start his war on a global scale. 2037, Jesus will come back and put him down and the remainder of the human race will be free to align. And Devron said that it'll be a slogan after the war. It'll be a mantra for humanity. Remember the war of 34. Remember the war of 34. That's going to be a mantra from then on for humanity's sake. And what there will be is there will be a thousand years of peace. And then somehow Lucifer starts. Because Lucifer's not destroyed. He's just locked up, remember. He will start his thing again. And it'll start all over again. But it'll start like it did three or four thousand or six thousand years ago. And it'll take 6,000 years for Lucifer or, or to get back, get his shit together again in order to try it again, which I guess a new set of humans and unhumans, uh, uh, third-dimensional beings, ETs, whether they're greys or whether they look like humans, will start all over again. But I want people to know and I want people to prepare. I do not know how to prepare except what I know about the beings from the vortex. Light destroys them if they're in energy form, and if they become third-dimensional, conventional weapons will destroy them. Lucifer will start his thing, and Jesus will come back and save us in 2037, and that I will stand my career on, on this prediction. I will be 74 years old. I hope I'm around, and I hope I'm there to do something. I expect to be around, but there it is. I wanted to. I put it out on my show. I talked to everyone about it now, and I put it out here on your show. So, what do you think, well, T? All right. Uh, I've been doing. I, I pulled up all the information I could on on the uh, the Four Horsemen, and it's basically. I don't know if you ever watched the Seven Seals. That they all they're the same thing, and uh, basically all of its story put together of what really goes down. I mean, the disasters and everything is obvious. But the uh, whether the, the goddess comes on a horse and they have to fight each other in the sky and all that, uh, how real that's going to be is... We have to realize, those stories came out in the Hindu days when they said the deities came down and they fought with each other and they killed societies and things. Uh, but in 2,000 years, we haven't seen one thing even close to that. And probably in 10,000 years, we didn't either. So how real is it going to be? I mean, we've got the Galactic Federation, not real, the Estar Command, not real, saying that uh, they know everything, oh, it's in another dimension. Oh, they were going to come here, but it's in a different dimension. Well, you don't come here if you're in a different dimension to help us uh, because we don't listen and we don't hear you or people here that don't. Well, but, a lot uh, don't. Back to, a lot don't. A lot. Well, you know. A lot don't. And, and I hate to you say know, there that. There are some. Well, all right, here, you know, and I'll ask people, name one spiritual person. You can't say me or you. All right. Name one spiritual person okay. on this planet. Well, I know uh, Mother Teresa, who is my boss. She's not here on the planet. Universe, but she's no longer here. Right. I said here on the planet. Right. She's no longer here. Um, I don't know 
anybody outside the people that I've worked with, you, uh, you, Telequah, and myself, who would be considered that spiritual. But remember, Tommy, I'm here to bring out the shit before it happens. That's why I have all this evidence, and that's why I keep pushing it. And well, that a, indicates to me that something's going to happen. Well, there's a reason why I was shown that I was protected and I could chase aliens away when I was six years old. So, I mean, I know that there's many medicine people told me that. Two major psychics told me that. So, yeah, I understand that part of it. And there's a reason. But on the other right. hand, these people that uh, say they're spiritual or believe they're spiritual or think they're spiritual, Mother Teresa did things against her own religion. And I say, don't follow a religion if you can't follow it. She right. was rich. She wasn't allowed to have money. A nun is not allowed to have money. And she started hoarding all her money. Even in her diary, she talked about God isn't real. Just well, like she Jesus questioned. Was. She questioned well, God on why he was allowing all this suffering to happen. And well, that, that shook her faith. Well, you know, if you don't understand God, you're never going to understand what's happening here. Why the world is getting cremated, why a city gets leveled, why a country, Africa, a million people died two months ago. Uh, why do things like that happen? Oh, God doesn't love them? No, people don't know God. People want God to be their image of what God's supposed to be in their mind. What they were programmed to believe. When, 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 when a human wrote a definition of God and what he is and all that, uh, who wrote the Bible? Who wrote the first quarter, third of the Bible? Moses did. The most evil black mm -hmm. magician on his planet. So his, and his concept... And Moses, which most people don't even realize exist. Well, his teachings came out there greatly. Uh, and, and the Hasidic Jewish people who follow Moses to the T don't follow Moses' truth. Because Moses created... After he came off with Ten Commandments, he went back for another five. And then... He created 613 laws on top of that. He wasn't satisfied yeah. with them. So People don't know that, though, T. Well, I'm telling they you, it's in the Bible. He's a, no, he's I know, but the, the, the common person don't know this because they got a belief system that's set by a construct and a movie that was made in 1956 with Charlton Heston. And right. they don't <laughs> know the other stuff. They don't oh, well, know because they don't take the time to know. Well, but here went one other thing on that, though. They're not going to find it anywhere. I mean, you could read the Bible over and over. If you're not connected to the truth at a higher level, you're not going to see the truth that lies within those lines that you're going to read. Many things in the Bible are quoted. Jesus did right. not say. I mean, Jesus no, did not agree with man. Man. Exactly. You know what? J.C. should have wrote the Bible. But he was I know. I wish he could have. He was too busy walking around proving to people who he was. You know what? It reminds me a lot of me. Not that I'm saying that I'm Jesus or anything even close to that. But I got the same type of path. I'm out there preaching this anti-establishment thing, showing all the evidence to back me up, and people reject me because they can't handle it. And that's why I always said, and you know this, why didn't they give this to Bill Gates? He's got billions. He could make it so that the whole world can know the truth of what's happening. No, they give it to some schmuck in Haskell in Wanakee, New Jersey, who, I mean, I'm not poor, but I don't have the money to convince people and to take out, make television shows on my own and 
take out newspaper ads and show them. Why? I still question it to this day. Why give me all this? A normal, well, what I thought was a normal guy. <laughs> Why aren't you giving it to the Facebook kid? He's got $100 billion. He can make it. Or the guy that owns Amazon, the richest man in the world. Give him this information. Convince him so he can convince the people. Well, See, that's what wait, I don't wait, understand wait, 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 about no. God. If you understand Jesus, all right, more than anything else, he was against rich people. Period. Oh, I do know that. He, yeah, I know. He said it many <laughs> times, not once. So when when people get money, they lose that. I've been trying to get in touch with Oprah for, for over 15 years just to talk to her. I said if I ever got to talk to her for five minutes, I could change her reality. Because she's dealing with Ekitoli and Deepak Chopra, and they programmed her to believe she has no karma, she has no ego, and uh, she's like, what? A spiritual <laughs> person now. I said, really? Deepak Chopra, remember him? Boy, he's well, been trying angles since the early oh, no, 90s, no, no. Deepak. But he's, both of them, because of Oprah, are super rich and super famous. If you go online and type three, five more spiritual people, you're going to see their two names. Uh, really? Because Oprah has the 21-day really? workshops. Yeah, she does 21-day workshops with both of them every couple months. And I listen to every single one of them. But I put a letter and send it in on top of them, and I attack them straight out. And they leave my letter there, which I'm amazed, because I can confront their lies, and they're all right. living in the now. And Eckhart Tolle, who I would challenge in a second, I would love to be, meet with him anywhere, any place I said I would, if he would actually meet with me and, and have a five-minute debate, uh, because he doesn't know anything about death. How do you talk about living in life in the moment if you don't know about death? You know, I mean, funny thing, be Bobby, would be great. Would be great to take Deepak Chopper to the vortex before he entered. I, I'd hand him a, a new bottle of A1 steak sauce to hold because he would get eaten so fast <laughs> by, by the beings that it would be ridiculous. Remember all the people that we took to the vortex who made tremendous famous, who made tremendous claims that they were so spiritual. They were the first people to get possessed. And you look we at them like, huh? <laughs> you know? We were the man with the crystal skull there, even. Yes. Yes. I yes. mean, well, both of them, and, and the green skull. And uh, yeah. I, we dealt with people, big names. And when we had the head of the Chippewa Nation come with, like, two Jaguar priests and, and right. uh, five elders, I mean, right. they were all blown away because we already did stuff that they couldn't even imagine. These people see, came from around the world. a lot of these world. people that are knocking us, Tommy, you got to remember, we did this 21 years ago, almost. Right. A lot of these people that are online, they were either in diapers or toddlers or young, maybe 10 years old, and now they're in their 20s and 30s, and they're getting hit with this, and they're like, oh, come on, that's not it. You guys are full of shit and all that. They don't even know. We were doing this when they were walking around in diapers and bringing this stuff out to the world. And they, these are the people. See, these are the people I'm trying to get to with my show by showing them all this evidence is, is trying to get the younger crowd who is, who is completely indoctrinated by, indoctrinated by video games and the Internet to try to break free of that a bit and see the truth. And, and, see, and at least see it. If they don't believe it after, okay, I've done my job. If they do believe it, that's great. 
you know, but I got to be able to, for me personally, I got to be able to get you to at least see it. But these people, man, they would be, right now, Lucifer, before we get into questions from people, Lucifer is running rampant, and I'm watching the world very closely. Do you know that in the last two months, there has been at least 20 incidences on commercial airlines, you know, like we used to get in an airplane and fly to Denver or Florida or North Carolina, you know, people on the sea. Women who are getting sexually assaulted by men right there in their seats, men that are pulling out their things and jerking off right in front of people and stuff, and they don't care. And I'm like, what are you doing? What, what's going on here? Are we completely losing it? But well, if my prediction of 2034 is set in stone then people would start losing that humanity part of them and would bring out the Luciferian part of them, and shit like this is going to start happening on a mass scale, and it is. And I'm watching it, and Tommy, there's not a damn thing I can do about it but put up some videos each night on YouTube and try to show people and warn them. That's all I can do. Well, you know... When when I when I talk about that, I, I say, well, being able to say that I actually walked with Jesus when he was alive, and when you stare into his eyes, there's nobody on this planet that radiates the same amount of light from his eyes as he did. Uh, I agree. A being is open when you stare into their eyes because you can see their soul and see what it vibrates or what color it is and everything else. And I tell people, there's things you can learn that can help you survive in life against the darkness, the beings around us. I just got a call in. Uh, it's probably a question, so uh, let me just uh, see who it right. is. Hold on. All right. Hello? Can you hear me? Are you talking to me? Yes. Are you, yep. uh, can you hear me? Okay, yeah, I can hear you perfectly. Um, All right. I'm out do you have country, a question? So, yes, I do. I have a couple, oh, okay. and I can take the uh, response uh, offline, so I don't have to be online. Um, All right. But I'm um, two questions. Uh, one, um, what is the focus of purpose with Sargell's 18 approach? Is it to focus on the return of Christ and its effect on mankind, or is it to um, enlighten and bring? the awareness of the vortex and the um, connection of the multiverses with our universe. Um, I know that they're not separate. I, I, I hear what he's saying, but I'm wondering what is his focus and what, what goal is his focus being presently um, to get this awareness to be realized. Uh, you can't force it down someone's throat but how can it be realized? Um, because I'm hearing a lot about the return of Christ um, and Lucifer, um, and yet uh, uh, not as much as the Vortex's um, portal. I'm going to put it at that. The second one is, um, would, is there anything planned to uh, make available 
uh, excursions by people who are interested uh, and curious about the vortex that Sargell L18 can start um, uh, organizing. Uh, so to get the word out, as you said earlier, you you really can't acknowledge truth for yourself until you experience truth. Um, so somebody can be talking blue in their face about truth to you, but unless it becomes a reality for you, you might not be able to embrace that, uh, regardless right. no. of how passionate the other person is saying. All so right. those are my two comments and questions. I, all um, right. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll let uh, Sajel answer the questions for you because uh, I'm right. Right. Uh, right now. To the first question, to your first question, why am I doing this? What do I appear to achieve? Or what do I want to achieve? Um, in the future, and I'm going to do a show on 666 and what it really means. And when I present it to humanity, Tommy knows this. I call it the civilized, uh, uh, oh, forget. It, it's something about human evolution. I, I'm, I'm just off right now because I'm thinking of your answer. But what I'm trying to achieve I'm only trying to achieve because uh, I'm only doing it. I don't know what the end result will be, but what I am trying to achieve by doing the shows and showing everybody this and talking about it, uh, because I've been directed to do it by Devron and with helpers like Tommy, who uh, if Tommy didn't ask me to come on his show, Adventures into the Strange, in 2016, and then we wound up, wind up doing the show together for all that time, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now in awareness to what's happening to the world because I walked away and shut myself away from it. I couldn't handle it, and I couldn't handle what was going on. I believe, personally, as Brian Williams, not as Sargell 18, that I am doing this to educate people and to give them something to think about outside of what's been shoved down their throats in the paranormal community, and that the multiverse is just as prevalent in our reality as third dimensional earth is. This has been kept from us. That's what I believe I'm here to do. Also, in the year 6,666, my orb discovery that I did 20 years ago, it becomes so perverted, and the vortex discovery becomes so perverted, at that time, that humanity has lost reality with third dimension. And according to my own soul, as I talk to myself, I came back through the opening that the Eldridge did in 1943. Eighteen of us came back. That's why I call myself Sargell 18. Myself and for my 17 brothers and sisters from the future that came back as walk-ins into our ancestors to do something, and I hope I'm doing it, to change the future of humanity thousands of years from now. That is why I'm doing this. That, that is what I'm trying to do. And as part of your second question, if you listen, we did. We did take people, hundreds of people, to the vortex who saw for themselves. It didn't do a damn thing to them but freak them out and make them block out and, and not want to know anything else about this. It scared them, and that's what happened when I showed the orbs for the first time on May 3rd, 1998, in New York City at the Millennial Expo 
Roosevelt Hotel. <clears throat> I thought people would gravitate to, to this and, see, and want to know more about the beings that are right there with them. And it had the complete opposite effect. And they went running from me. They actually saw somebody who talks the talk and walks the walk. And it freaked them out so much that they want, did not want to know about it. And as for going to the Vortex, as I said, I'm not a wealthy man. Just for me to go to the Vortex right now, to drop my, my work, which I have to work every day in my business, to leave my house, go to the Vortex, would take three to four hours worth of driving each way, gas. I'd have to get a hotel room for at least three or four days because once I get there, I'm going to be tired. I don't want to walk out there tired. You know, I want to walk out there very powerful and refreshed as a human being because I am subject to third-dimensional soul vehicle, a human being. Um, and there's food and there's, there's all these other batteries and, 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 and you have to make sure your equipment. It would cost roughly for me to go there $1,000 right now. That money that I don't need in order to go and, and, and like do a live show with the Vortex. I don't have that type of money. And I asked Evron, can you produce the money for me? People want to see more. They want, they, they want me to go back. I'm like, and he's like, it's up to the people. I'm like, oh, great, thank you. So in other words, you just can't snap your fingers and let me win the lottery so I could do this. Well, you want me to rely on humanity to want me to do this. So I put up a GoFundMe, which so far, out of all the 50 shows I've done, one person has donated $25. If I really had my wish, it would cost like a million dollars. Now, you say, Sargell, a million dollars, that's a lot of money. That's really not a lot of money nowadays. I would go to the Vortex, and I would buy one of the small houses there. Now, because of where it's located in northern New Jersey, that small shanty little house that I would turn into a complete field office would, would cost roughly two hundred fifty to $300,000 for me to buy it. Then I would need a couple of years of money to live on, pay bills, buy food, be kind of like a normal, because in ways I'm a normal person too, you know, cable, internet. My internet alone costs $167 a month. I don't know why. I have no idea why that costs that. Let's not even include the 80 bucks for a cell phone. And then have the peace of mind to be able to not worry about making a living and to concentrate completely on that. And then if people wanted to go out, sure, I'll start taking people out. But you want to go out to the vortex, especially with me, you better make sure that I can protect you and your soul. Because if not, I've lost too many people there. I've lost too many people. Now, closing to that question, Sargell, how much did it cost you to make contact and find the Vortex and do your research? I was a top executive for a chain of appliance stores at the time. I walked away from that with a salary around $100,000 a year. I would have inherited half of that business. It took me five years of just living from reading to reading, which I gave readings. I was quite a good reader, so I, I had good clientele to live, to buy batteries. Tommy remembers, I have a reading. We go right away to Home Depot and get the big pack of batteries on sale, and we go out to the Vortex to take pictures. Equipment and all the stuff that I would need 
in order to show people beyond a reasonable doubt that this is real, bring people there, it would cost a million dollars. Now you say that's a lot of money. Sean David Morton stole $10 million from people that believed in him. He was getting money given to him left and right. And I knew him personally and read for him. Tommy brought him to my house many times. He was the biggest bullshitter I ever saw. I nailed him right away. People give him money left and right. People don't give me nothing. So I do what I can. I hope that answers your question. Well, I, I, somebody asked me a question in the chat room. I'm just going to tell them. Well, the vortex where the property is is owned by the government. Tesla and DuPont worked together there and everything else when they flooded the city. But uh, it's not a safe zone. It's probably one of the worst places if you really wanted to try to set up and live and be there. Uh, like like Sajo was talking about, the people that went there that kind of lost it and flipped out and, and went through these things afterwards. Uh, no, it's it's... The signs on the property when we went there said if you get caught here you will get shot, and we went yeah. in there every other night. So it's not yeah. a joyful place to like take people. Oh, it's cool here. Oh, this is fun. No, you're not going to experience that at any level. You're going to be shaken. You're going to be nervous. You're going to be worried, and you're going to start seeing things that you might not have ever seen before or hear things. When we came face to the invisible dragon and different things, and we heard it and it was right over us, flapping its wings and stuff, you're going to be blown away. But uh, yeah. it, it would be like night, it would be a secret night trip, and it would be really hardcore. Like you're going into a secret mission for the government, but it would be opposite yeah. the government. So yeah, it's it's a totally different kind of a trip. Uh, and for me to get back to the East Coast, it's eight hundred dollars to get to California from Hawaii. Right. And for me, so it's I I haven't been doing any lectures and shows in the United States on on the mainland because it's just too expensive for me to get out of here. I'm retired, and I'm putting all my money into my my books and what I'm writing, and I don't charge money. I mean, I give my first couple books away for free. Sure, I just put my new book out. I got my newest book just about done, which I'm going to sell as a manual for maybe a dollar if I'm going to sell it at, at all. So, yeah, money is a big thing as far as getting publicity around the world and things. We're just hoping yeah. somewhere somebody might hear what we say and want to help promote it. Uh, but and one thing, truth. Tommy, too, you did bring up. But you did bring up the truth. We have never charged anybody to take them to the vortex. I have never charged to show people this information. We have footed everything. Matter of fact, I gave away what a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars worth of things on our show, Adventures into the Strange, as prizes to people that were paying attention, just so they would pay attention. And. I have never charged for any of this, but in order, my biggest enemy here on earth is money for some reason. I, I don't get it. And these guys could snap their fingers and give me all the money I want, these beings, and they don't. They keep telling me it's up to humanity. And I'm like, well, if i got to rely on humanity in general, then I'm screwed. So, all right, I'll do it this well, way. Real quick, Sargell and I were invited, Sargell brought me with him, to meet three people or four people from the government. And they were offering mm. him a lot of money. They said, mm. we'll give you all the money you need. There were, there were two millionaires and one, one. So we get to a dinner. We're in this high-class hotel. I'm sitting next to one of them. He gives me a DVD. The DVD is how they monitor people. I lost that video, mm. but it showed how they, they did a, a, a child porn bust of 450 people in one week. But uh, in the interim, he said, look in my eye. He had a steel eye, 
He said it's a camera, and the, they're actually watching everything we say and do. And then he was asking me about spiritual things because he was more into the UFO end of it. So by the end of the night, I had to go home because I was working. I had to get up early the next morning. So so I just stayed with them. I don't know how it went over the night that night, but to me, I couldn't stay the whole time. But they promised us money, and we never got it. You know, well, well, no, don't what want they it. wanted me to do, what they offered me was to lie. They said oh. I could have all the money like other people, like these other people you see on television still, still from the 90s, like Art Bell with his coast-to-coast so-called truth show, which was a bunch of bullshit, bullshit from MUFON. They said all you have to do is change your story a bit and fib a bit so that it, con- it conforms to what we want. And you'll be set for life. And I said no. Uh, I know. I, I guess probably some, stupid, right? I should have said I yes. Guess, yeah. I got some... No. I got somebody else on. Let me see what they... Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? You just listening? Yeah. All right. No problem. I'm just checking to see if you had any questions. Okay. But, yeah, uh, that, that's what they did. So, I've been offered a number of times... I just recently did shot a screener for a major network on cable, and they wanted to see if I could go out anywhere, like I claim, anywhere on the planet and open the doorway since I carry it with me in my chest inside me and produce beings at will. And in 64 minutes, we produced seven beings at will for them and their, and their crew, and they lost it. They, they turned down the show after spending close to $40,000 to produce the screener for the show to, present it, to be presented to the network. When I came through and Telequah came through with major solid evidence of beings in the woods right here near where I live in Pennsylvania, they lost it. They, they, that was it. They, they didn't want to do a show. They said, you leave no room for doubt, Sargell. We need doubt. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't be anything less than what I am, and I'm not going to lie. So I guess I'm screwed, so thank you. Well, you know, it's it's hard for me because I know, and, and I have to base it on my past lives, what I know and what I saw and experienced. And... All through my lifetimes, from Atlantis to now, uh, I, I didn't have any important, outrageous things happen except for when I was in Atlantis and then when I was with Jesus. But outside of that, life, Lucifer has a great game to make people play. And as long as people believe that game's important, and if they believe they're important, you're not important until you become important, meaning able to help. If somebody's trying to raise money, and everybody sits in their house and plays cards. They're not beneficial to the people trying to raise money. So until you're capable of even understanding God to give back to God, I mean, Jesus said, give to mankind what it deserves, give to God what it deserves. Does anybody know what God deserves? How many people do? How many are willing to go that far to do what they have to do as far as soul to get into the higher realms? You think these great angels aren't around us for a reason? But does anybody listen? And I'll tell you a sad story on that. And over the past, I'd say, three or four years, and I have one friend that I trust. She says she talks to angels, which I, I, we get along. But outside of that, 
when these people claim to work with Michael and Gabriel and all this, listen to what Gabriel said to Muhammad. Pull up the dirty quotes supposedly Gabriel gave to him. Read what these angels tell these people that are working with Michael and, and all these other angels. There's nine angels mentioned in the Bible. And most people only know, because they didn't read the Bible, they don't know the other eight or other seven or whatever. They know Gabriel and they know Michael. But uh, all the other ones, they don't know their names. But in the interim, listen to these people that say they work with angels. Oh, he said, love is the answer. I mean, everybody can only come out with love is the answer. To what? To marriage, to relationships, to having children? What does love cure on this planet? What does it really mean? So the bottom line is, Everybody that I have met, listened to, that goes on about working with an angel, tell me something important. Angels come here to bring us incredible warnings and, and information. They don't come here to say, well, take a bath today, or maybe you should eat popcorn instead of peanut butter. I mean, they're not here for that. And when you meet with an angel, you can't tell them what you want either. And all these people say, oh, I, could get, I could get my angel to take me to one. I know somebody that works with angels. They can't get any information for themselves from them. And angels, useful when you understand and can work with them, meaning you can see them and communicate with them. If you can't, they can't help you. So there's a lot that, even in the spiritual realm of that, and I call that the spiritual realm because now you're going outside the physical realm. And basically, that's what I try to teach. But people aren't ready because they still want to hold on to sex and, and all the things that are making happy, 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 happy on planet Earth. And as long as we expect that, from God, uh, you're going to stick with Lucifer because he's giving you the happiness. Even though it's evil, destructive, rapists, murderers, killers, and all those things, look at how many children are killing over the past 10 years. And, and, and the. Well, you, good. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you know, Tommy, you know, which is the lady said about pushing it down people's throat. I'm really not pushing it down people's throat. People aren't used to people, to someone like me. When I say something, I back it up with evidence. That's it. You see, when other people say something, they leave a they leave a window. It's like remember I said, Tommy, nothing's gonna happen in the year 2000. Devron says there's gonna be no Y2K, no destruction uh, of Armageddon in the year 2000, and all these people were pushing. The television networks wanted me to go on and agree with that, and I said, sorry, nothing's gonna happen, you know, and that's just the way it is, and nothing happened. And then remember I said. What are they going to come up with next, Tommy? They say the aliens are coming in 2000, the world's going to be destroyed in 2000, Y2K. What's going to happen to the industry of the paranormal and UFO when nothing happens? They've got to come up with something else to make these people believe. And what did they come up with? UFO theorists they came up with and I started laughing and I watched one of these guys recently on TV on an old show and the guy's talking about Egypt and this is how the aliens did he goes well maybe might have could have been that these maybe were aliens that might have come down here and I'm looking at this guy's sentence structure and I'm like boy could he put enough words in there to protect his career so if anybody nailed them on anything he can say I could have been I said it could have been it might have no Sargell 18 doesn't say that Sargell 18 says I took a picture of Lucifer with an axe in his back 
60 feet tall on 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 Friday the third November Friday the 13th 1998 and here is the evidence now some people may shy away from that because they're not used to that because Sergeant 18 is the real deal I'm not made up I'm not doing this for for you know for I mean I'd love to be on television and I'd love to have them back me because I could show the world with their type of money and the availability to go around the world and shoot just about anything of legend in these places, I can do that. And they know I can do that. But they don't want to put me on because I'm scaring the shit out of people. And that is the bottom line. And I'm sorry for that, humanity. I'm sorry, but that's my job. I can't do it any less. I talked tonight about Jesus meeting. Me meeting Jesus on Good Friday right here in this home in 2004. I have no evidence of that. All I'm doing is telling you my experience. And then I say, I have no evidence of that. If I was faking my story, I might fake a picture of maybe a glowing orb or something in the room to back that up. No, that wasn't the case. I don't carry my camera from the bathroom to the bedroom in this house. It's not one of the things I do. So if I had a picture to back up that meeting with Jesus, I would be suspicious of that, but I don't. And that's one of the only few experiences that Tommy and I had or I've had that I have no evidence of. And uh, that's it. I mean, that is the truth. You can only tell the truth. You can't bend the truth because it's the truth. Right, T? Well, yeah. Well, you know, I I deal with the things that are are the problem because, you know, when we always lecture together – we each went. We had we had both sides of the picture, the physical and the inner part of it, and it it meant a lot to people. But uh, the truth is always hard for me. The word morals has disappeared from reality. So until that word comes back and gets reinforced in, in our thinking, mankind's going to go down the tubes. Lucifer's going to have full control. So as long as we accept lies as our truth, we'll never understand anything about God. We'll never understand anything what Jesus really came here for. And what we're here for ourselves. I mean, there's a lot going on at every level, which nobody out there talks about. Because they don't know. They didn't experience it yet. And I just say, I'm not... We're running out of time. Uh, I, I don't want to go into any more. Maybe we'll try to get all another right. chapter going, all right? Mr. Sardell, we'll, we'll try to do it again. Uh, give them your... Uh, site, your address, your number, uh, well, everything. All right. Well, everyone, uh, thank you for listening. And uh, for that one lady, thank you for your questions. They are very important. All questions are important um, and important to be answered truthfully. But uh, everyone, I'm putting up videos every other day, sometimes every day on my YouTube channel. If you just want to do a search, put in uh, Sergeant 18's Stranger Universe. S-T-R-A-N-G-E-R, Stranger Universe, and the shows will come up. And I, I can't see that, Telequah. And please subscribe to my channel. So I believe, I don't know all about the Internet. It's not one of my things, but I believe that's important that people subscribe. And uh, who? Oh, right. And I do have a, yeah, I, I do have a GoFundMe up there. Uh, somebody's put some money in, and I thank you for that. I was blown away. I, I couldn't believe it. I never get anything given to me. 
but uh, for, for doing stuff, uh, and I haven't taken it out because I, it's not enough, but still, I mean, it's, I, I fantastically appreciate it. I have a GoFundMe site, and it's in the descriptions of each show that I put up. If you want to, throw some money in there. If you don't throw money in there, that is not going to stop me from showing this. So, Joe, I don't know if you can hear me uh, the end of our show. Hello, you still there? Yeah, I was going to tell you, um, while you guys were doing the show, every once in a while, there was interference and you could hear people talking in the background. Oh, really? So I guess he, he was being listened to, at least. Well, we know that. Unless, uh, we know. unless that was you. No, it wasn't me, but I appreciate appreciate that. I'll tell him when I talk to him later. But thank you for hanging out. Uh, I wanted yeah. to get a lot more in, but our time went so fast. I had 10, 10 million more questions to ask him to get into. But uh, my show is every Wednesday and Sunday. Uh, I will be on his show soon as well. Uh, but thank you. It's My email address is hawksblood1.com. Anytime, okay. call it, email me, uh, keep informed or understand what's happening. But the Vortex is an incredible place. It was, but I'm in Hawaii, and there's just so much stuff going on here in the UFO world. I'm trying to stay in the spiritual side, but I keep getting pulled into the <laughs> UFO side. And I went outside three days ago, and a ship blinked at me 120 times in 15 minutes. So I don't know what they <laughs> want. Uh, so I'm still they dealing with it. Too. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know... I'm not worried. I'm protected. Uh, I still have to do what I have to do no matter what. But thank right. you for tuning in. Uh, the show ended, but uh, talk again. Call in anytime you want. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.